What's going on, quitters? Welcome to another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. As always, I'm your host, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is July 15th, 2023. It's a it's a sweltering day yet again in New York City. It's humid and I'm gross and I hate it, but it's all right. Um, guys, today I'm joined by a very special guest. She is the co-host of the Lemons podcast and producer of Bodega Kids Comedy. Everyone give it up right now for Lisa Lennis. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Do you live far from here? I live in Queens. So, yeah. <laughs> There's also, I'm like, but there is technically Queens like eight blocks away. <laughs> so that, that Queens, that's like Ridgewood. Yeah, yeah. Ridgewood, Glendale. And I, oh, it's funny because we, I have a friend who's like, I live in Brooklyn. I'm like, you live in Queens. Yeah. <laughs> You're just one block over from Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. I feel like I've met people like that who are just like in the Ridgewood, but they're like, it's it's Brooklyn, like because they like, want to no. feel included. Like, nah. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's why your rent so low. Yeah, <laughs> compared to Brooklyn, I'm getting to the point where like Queens is becoming more and more appealing as like a thought in my head. I'm like, it's quiet, it's Listen. cheaper, mm-hmm. and it's like the most diverse. Yeah, food is fantastic. Our food is like every different block is a different mm-hmm. country. I don't think people realize don't be sleeping on Queens. Mm. Queens get the money. I think there's something about like if you're like moving to the city for the first time, it's fun to live in like the more hype areas. where There's like a lot of people who are moving there and kind of finding your way. But after a while, I'm like, I understand why people move to Queens or move to like the Upper East Side mm-hmm. and just stay there until they die. You oh know, I'm going to say something born and raised in Queens. And every time I meet a comedian and they're like oh i just came here from like missouri or like la and i'm like where do you live williamsburg or bushwick and they're like oh bushwick how'd you know and i was like just a guess and they're like oh let's go out and i'm like let me guess the lower east side yeah <laughs> i'm just like i already know like mm-hmm. where they're gonna go where you go. like i like that's why i'm like listen i live in queens live in long island city we're quiet it's also like a mini Manhattan now. Long Island City is for sure. It's such, and it's so funny. Like the area that I live in used to be so like prostitutes and drugs. Yeah. <laughs> until like this is when he wasn't off his uh, rockers. What's his name? Um, Giuliani. Giuliani came in and he was like, "We're cleaning all this stuff. We're taking all the prostitutes out." <laughs> and it's like it's it's no longer. I mean, no more prostitutes visually, but it is a nice area now. It's it's like insanely nice it's like it's like a a sterile modern city when we got the trader joe's i was like ah (laughs) oh no (laughs) and then five points got re uh like they took down five points and made it into an apartment complex i was like this is getting dangerous (laughs) (laughs) five points is that like a is like a mall or something you guys had or so five points was like uh from what i took it as like it was just an area where like graffitis would go to graffiti oh and then now they made it this whole like big thing now where it's like five points long island city apartments and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) it's not it was just like an area where like it was abandoned warehouses Mm -hmm. and there was like different artists that would go and do murals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Damn. And it was called Five Points. You know what? When I moved here, I was disappointed that the trains weren't covered in graffiti. Like, I thought it was like... Edgecast took it out in the 80s. In the 80s, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, like, the bridge... And it's so funny, there was, like, a... uh, Kind of, like, a rebellion about it. Because there's a whole movie on it. 
There's yeah, a whole documentary. Oh, really? Um, the only reason why I know this is because in college I was a minor in like political history, mm-hmm. and I did New York history. And this mm-hmm. is what this is what we concentrated on was Edgecoach and, uh, like Giuliani and all that mm-hmm. that era. Yeah, yeah. Like from the eighties to the late like nineties, and in the eighties, seventy eighties, Edgecoach was like trying to get rid of like all of the graffiti and like arresting kids like it was like 13 year olds getting arrested just for drawing on the wall yeah and i'm like man this is crazy and they would be like it is always it was always like black and puerto rican kids yeah so that's when at that time that's when everybody migrated to long island city because five points Mm. was like kind of like those abandoned warehouses that was where they would like get out of manhattan because then you have more you can you have more freedom and like there's less police presence and stuff yeah so that's why like when the 59th street bridge first came to be uh like a rebellion was like they would graffiti all over the 59th street bridge (laughs) wow it's not even i call it the 59th street bridge people still call it the edge cottage i'm like it's the 59th street bridge yeah whoa that's a little uh political history for you guys of queens that's sick that's really cool actually i because I always figured all the bridges. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> Don't quote me. <laughs> I just, in my brain, I think every bridge has just been here since like the 1870s. <laughs> I think it has been. Well, Brooklyn Bridge not. is like old as fuck. I, mean, I think like yeah. Manhattan and Williamsburg and stuff. Like those are probably like the early 1900s, but I have no idea when, you know? Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's cool. So you, you're born and raised Queens. Yeah. Okay. Why did I, why do I think that you have some connection to like Virginia? Did you mention that on your podcast? No. Um, so when I went to high school, I went to high school in North Carolina. Oh, so it's a very, very thin line where people that are from Queens are like, you are not from Queens because you didn't go to high school. here." Uh. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I take it. But like for me, I don't know. I'm still bread and butter to here. Like, right, right. But don't get me wrong. Like, I go to North Carolina and I'm like, oh, this feels like I know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. Did your did your parents move out there? Yeah. Okay. So then did you come back like in college after? Yeah, co- okay. I did. I came back after I got um, my beauty license. Because nice. I went to after high school, I did one year in a beauty school and got licensed as a cosmetologist. So I came back over here. To work as a cosmetologist. Are you like well, hair or nails or what's your what hair was your and makeup? Thing? Hair and makeup show. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and then you went to school for political science. I went what, to Hunter College for um, general media with mm-hmm. a minor in political sciences. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Sick. So when does uh, when does comedy fall into all this? Did you grow up in a family that consumes comedy or? So it was comedy for me growing up was always there because my father is a radio um, personality. Oh, really? Yeah, he worked with a radio station called La Mega. Okay. It's very popular here. And so the reason that we moved to North Carolina because he was working on the branch over there in North Carolina. Mm. And then, you know, the whole idea of entertainment has always been around our household. Yeah, okay. So my mom, my mom wasn't in the entertainment business. She was a seamstress. Okay. Like she would create the parachutes for um the Air Force. Oh, cool. And my dad would be a radio personality. Completely like the complete like yeah. opposite of each other. And I would always go with my father to like 
his radio gigs when I was younger. Um, he would DJ mm-hmm. at um they closed it down now, but it used to be called Copacabana in Queens. Okay. And he would DJ and I would be like just I'm like two, three years old, like <laughs> headphones on and he's DJ and DJ like sitting in the back of the DJ and I'm just chilling watching him DJ. Whoa. So I've always been around like the whole entertainment mm-hmm. um aspect, but I really got I I got the I got the comedy bug mm-hmm. at like 12, 13 when I was saw it's so it's so cliche. I saw George Lopez. George Lopez. He had oh. a special where he was talking about I forgot the name of the special. Oh, I forgot the name of the special. I think it's Tall Dark and Chicano. Okay. I wanna say that. But he was talking about his grandmother and I was like, damn, this is so like like I could I I felt a connection to it. I was yeah. like, yeah, this is something that I could relate to. Once I saw that, I started getting to like John Leguizamo and like it was all male figures. Yeah. And then when I turned around 17, I was like, why don't I look up like some female comedians? Mm-hmm. And then I fell in love with Lisa Lampanelli. Oh, okay, Lampanelli. Yeah. Lampanelli, yeah, yeah. And I was like, dang, I love how mean she is. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I just I fell in love with her. Um, I will say you're the first comedian in 150 episodes of this podcast <laughs> to say George Lopez was their entry point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Who's there? Who's who's the most popular one? Louis C.K. <laughs> Louis C.K., John Mulaney. Like, That's how you guys ones. know. I'm old. I'm showing my age right now. I'm like George Lopez. <laughs> Honestly, I my I remember really liking George Lopez because, but only because when we were a kid, we didn't have cable, and mm-hmm. so it was like I feel like it was just like one of those canon events where you fall asleep on the couch watching TV and you wake up and the George Lopez show would just oh, be on. Oh, that's the George Lopez show. Yeah. So I didn't know about the show until after the special. Mm. So I didn't know anything yeah, about yeah. George Lopez until that time. But I will say this: at the time. Um, when I first got into comedy, there was a um like a taping of the Kings of Comedy, and it was like Bernie, uh, Bernie Mac, uh, Cedric the Entertainer, Steve Harvey, DL Hughley, and they were filming in Charlotte, where I was. Mm. Li- I was living at the time. I, t- I kept begging my dad. I was like, Dad, I want to go see this. I want to go see this. And my dad was like, I-, I feel like this is gonna be too much for you. <laughs> Honestly, I think he was just saying we're poor. But <laughs> I'm just like, just say we're poor dad. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> but I didn't get to see it. But then I saw the special and I was like, dang, this is so much fun. So I started getting influenced a lot mm-hmm. at a young age from like uh black and Latino comics. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I need I I'm a female, like I wanna get to know. So Lisa Lampalini was the first one, uh Monique, of course, Simone. Um I just kept looking for, and then one that really stuck out to me was Angela Johnson. Okay, I'm not familiar with her. So, because she's clean. Okay. (laughs) She's clean. She's Mexican, she's clean. Mm -hmm. And I was like, she's not cussing at all. Mm -hmm. She's not saying one bad word, and she's still ripping this room apart. And then I started getting influenced by that. And I just kept, I kept, at that point, I just kept, watching comedy so is this like youtube era or is this like tv wow this is tv era. okay yeah you were like i'm showing my age and i'm like trying to come up with a year i'm like is this 2005 high school ish okay i graduated high school in 2010 oh yeah you're not that older than me no 
I was 2012. So. Oh, 2012? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so that, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not that old, but I was like, I'm, I didn't have like a lot of like, I can't say like technology because at that time we didn't have a lot. Right, right, right. But it, it was like TV and YouTube era. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, um, and she's known, Angela's known for, uh, she has this bit where she talks about going into the nail salon and she does a Vietnamese accent. And she's like... Okay, now I know who this is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I was like, wow. <laughs> and it was like, at, for right now, I'm not going to say it would cancel her if she came out with that. I, there was like a whole discourse about it like a few years back that they like, yeah. she got called out for it. But it's also like at the time when that came out, that was so par for the course for stand-up comedy. What? There's like this other, a, a lot of comedians now that are famous used to do characters where it would cancel them today. Yeah. Oh, prime example is Yanni's Papas. Mm -hmm. He used to do this character called Maritza Rodriguez. She was a transsexual Puerto Rican woman from the Lower East Side Oof. who would say the N-word. And Yanni's is a white Greek man from Queens. Yeah. So a lot of that, I was like, you put that now, honey. You're not getting books ever. You're not making it out of open mics. I was like, what? So, yeah, there was this was the era where comedy was like, wasn't being canceled. You could say whatever you want. Yeah. And I... I was just a watcher. I wasn't mm. doing anything right, at that right. time. Um, and when I got to college, I was like, I want to take acting classes. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I whispered it. It's for it the razzle dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> it's not I'm embarrassing. <laughs> I started taking acting classes and my professor, um, Peter Ramon, uh, basically said, you are excelling so much in the comedy aspect furthermore than the dramatic mm -hmm. like your dramatic monologues need to get practiced because you keep turning it into funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i was like all right i get it mm -hmm. i need work and he's like no take my improv class next semester so i started taking the improv class and then he was like i think you're meant to do stand-up comedy mm. And at the time <laughs> they're like you're too funny for improv get out of here <laughs> at the time he was like you're quick on your feet. Mm -hmm. You're you have a great personality for stand up comedy, which I don't get because there's a lot of people who do stand up comedy and their personalities are trash. <laughs> I can name so many people where I'm like, your personality is ass. Mm -hmm. You are a killer on stage though. Mm -hmm. But he was like, why don't you do the open mic at the at college? The college that I went to was Hunter, and they had an open mic called in um, a club called Hostos. He's like, do the open mic and see how you feel about it. Yeah. Did the open mic, fell in love right away. Mm -hmm. The only thing is, I'm such a creature of habitat that I don't know how to expand out. Mm. So I kept doing college mics. I kept I kept hosting mics and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was all within that closed ecosystem of the yes. school. Yeah. So it was never outside until one of my friends was like, let's go to the Creek and Cave. Nice. And I was like, oh. <laughs> she was like i think you could do it what's what's the worst that could happen that you eat your dick i was like yes that's the worst yeah. that can happen so you eat your dick on stage because this is a creaking cave like at the time a lot of a lot of like people that were getting netflix and stuff were going there to work new material yeah yeah and i was just like why why are we here and then she was like we're just here to watch a show now 
at this rate. And then there was a show. And then after that show, there was a bucket mic. And I was like, all right, let's just go. And she was like, I can't. We can't go. And I was like, why? And she's like, because I threw your name in the bucket. I was like, <laughs> why would you do this? Why would you do this? So now I'm panicking. Mind you, at the time, you throw your name in that bucket. It's you can 11. Just leave. Yeah, because you're not going up until like 1 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. So, I left a lot of those mics. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was so weird because I was like, am I really doing this? Am I really doing this? Mm -hmm. It was three minutes. Ate a fat cock on that stage. Did oh, you, can we cast? I'm sorry. You can say whatever the fuck oh. you want. Did you feel like prepared at all from your college no. mics? Mm -mm. Did you have any? You didn't really have any material built up that was meaningful that you could. I just kept talking about my father at the time i don't even do these jokes anymore mm -hmm. it was just my dad jokes and ate a fat cock on that stage and then my friend was like why don't we try next week we go to the new yorkian poets cafe mm -hmm. i was like this is gonna be worse because it's my people i don't think <laughs> <laughs> i don't think people understand doing comedy in front of a, i'm gonna a, a room full of white people is easy for me it is because they're expecting you to be funny and you mm. can just say one like mediocrity thing. Is that a word? Mediocre. Mediocre thing. Thank you. And <laughs> and they would laugh. Right. You say the same joke in a room full of black and Latino people, they're like, There it's that's nice. We heard that before. Can you do something else? Dude, we and me the mic that me and Lee met at was mm. at a Nigerian restaurant. And like uh, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> The regulars, like, are the people who would sit at the bar and who, would, who are not comics. It was like a miracle. If you could get one of them to laugh, it was like incredible. But for the most part, they were just like, I mean, it's like They're dead just staring. At you. Yeah. And then the worst part, oh, the worst part is when you finish and you get off stage and then somebody's mom goes, you know what? You were, you were great. <laughs> you were great. And I think you should continue doing what you're doing. <laughs> keep practicing. It's the keep practicing that almost took me off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I and when she was like let's go to the new york and put like cafe and i was like Sigh. so shout out to that friend who kept pushing me yeah it's good and then the pandemic hit and i didn't know anybody like mm -hmm. in my class quote unquote yeah um and i didn't even know comedy was still going on oh okay until like this is how you know the pandemic was serious. I was running, jogging in the park, and I saw a flyer for a comedy show. And I was like, comedy show? So I took the flyer. I came to that show, and I met Jared Waters. Mm. And then that's how he put me back in the scene. Nice. And yeah. so you probably started, started stand-up in like 2019 then. 18, 19, yeah. 18, 19, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. My first show ever was in 19. Yeah. Yeah. 2019. Okay. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. I started yeah. in like um, August 2018. So we're kind of around the same. Yeah. Same era. How so it was like four or five years ago. Yeah. Four and a half years. Oh, God. Yeah. We hit that five year mark. We start feeling old. Yeah. I, when I started stand up, I was like, I'm going to give my myself five years of time where I just like feel it out and have fun with it and not worry about it. And after that point, I'm going to get serious because I was like, I mean, I've, I went to college for five years to work and now I'm like, eh, so I should give myself five years of like, just ride with it. And now I'm like, 
like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing this for as long as I possibly can just to get better because five years is not enough time to do anything meaningful. I took a serious one to two years in. Mm -hmm. Only because I fell in love with the point where it's like, this is what I want to do. And mm-hmm. it was the pandemic. We were getting those unemployment checks. So I was like, I don't really have to worry about anything <laughs> right now. Doing outside mics, being on rooftops, just yeah. drinking in the park. So, and I started getting booked a lot. And I was like, all right, maybe maybe this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't do none of the material that I started off with. Right, yeah. I started getting into writing my third year in mm-hmm. a lot. And, and now? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not what's considered like a I don't know. Like I'm not I mean I I get paid from my spots but I'm not mm-hmm. like a paid comic. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, like nobody's like most oh you want to come to PA not. and get paid like 250? Nobody's doing that for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody's doing that. So. Every once in a while you, you'll find a gig like that, but I feel yeah. like a, a at our level, there's a select few people mm-hmm. who get that regularly, and everyone else is just kind of like here and there, makes yeah. some money. I remember I got there. a gig to go to Miami with um, Max Manikoff to do Street Talk, and I didn't expect to get paid, but we got paid. Nice. It was a, it was nice. Nice pay. <laughs> nice pay. I was like, oh, okay. I've done a couple of those gigs where you go and do it, and they actually pay you like a, a reasonable amount of money, and it's like... Oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> there were some some people that book me and they're like, "Oh, this is the pay." And I'm like, "Are you are you sure?" <laughs> Have you seen me perform? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, okay, I'll take it. Yeah. And then I, I had to sl- slowly learn that your time is money. Mhm. And once I hit year 3 and Bodega Kids picked up and all these other shows that got passed at clubs picked up i was like i think i need to start putting a price mm-hmm. on my time yeah because i think I, I learned that from jj matisse she was like your time is money mm-hmm. your time is money rather you like it or not you are now at a stage where you know that you can walk into a room rather rather it be um any type of room, two or three people, you're getting paid for it. Yeah. So, and she's like, and you, like, people know you. People seeing your stuff, so it's like, it's nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. I don't know. We're I'm really big on that as well. Like, me and Connor, like, Connor is this extreme, like, when he produces shows, he mm-hmm. pays people, like, a lot. Because, yeah. like, people should, like... We're one of the few art forms where we go and perform and mm-hmm. make nothing from it. And it's seen as like, oh, yeah, it's just practice. Just go with it. And yeah. it, at a certain level, that is OK, because we do want that stage time. But at a certain point, it's like, all right, like this type of show. I see how many tickets you sold. <laughs> like, throw me something. You know, there is. I get frustrated and I've I've heard rumors of a certain show where it's like they're constantly sold out and you're selling tickets at eighteen dollars. And you're only paying your comics ten dollars. That is a slap in the face. Yeah, that could be at a place where they have like an insane bar minimum or something. No, no, no. Yeah, I'll tell wrong. you. I'll, I'll tell you off camera who it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like this is insane. Yeah. That's why I was just like, mm, it's okay. Maybe I don't care about getting booked there. <laughs> but 
Yeah. Don't feel like getting exploited for your entertainment value. <laughs> there are certain people where I'm like, I know who they are. And I'm like, I know I'm cool with them. I'll do their show. And yeah. I don't care if they don't pay me a lot. But there are people that I know this is going to be a sold out show. Yeah. I know that. I know what kind of show you produce. Yeah. Pay me. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's knee deep in Brooklyn and I'm coming from Queens. At least slide me some Uber money. <laughs> 25 the lowest, you know? Yeah. I but, will say Long Island City, I would not consider knee deep in Queens. <laughs> That's like pinky toe test the waters of Queens. Shut your mouth. <laughs> but, yeah, when you were like, oh, I'm in Queens, I was expecting like somewhere like way out. Oh, like, like Forest Hills? Yeah, or like Jamaica or something. And nope. Jamaica. No. Long Island City. That's it's still, it's still, you know, far away from here. You got to take the G, which is the. I don't take the G. Wait. Are you on the seven? I'm on the R, W, N, and W. What the fuck? R, M, N, W. Oh, okay. So you're like in the... Okay, I, I took I, an I Uber here. Gotcha. That's fair. That's <laughs> I fair. know, because I'm going to walk... This is... I could, I'm, I'm going to go to Trader Joe's. I'm going to walk to the uh, L. Is the L far away? No. Oh, okay. It's like a eight-minute walk. Okay. That's probably a 20-minute walk for me. <laughs> I'm one of those. I like to look at everything around me. Mm, I'm, I'm a power walker. No. I fit right in as soon as I got to the city, pushing past people. Uh, where are you where are you from? I'm from Denver. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I get a lot of calls from Denver from Sally May. From Sal oh. <laughs> <laughs> I blocked those calls. I'm like, I'm not paying you. Leave yeah, me alone. Fuck that, dude. I'm pissed about the student loan debt thing. Like it's in collections. I'm like, dude, what the hell? I thought we weren't gonna pay. I thought we didn't have to pay. I heard that if you it goes to collections, if you wait long enough, you can buy the rights to your own debt, mm-hmm. and then it's like super cheap, and then you can just cancel it. Yeah, out. I'm waiting until I I'm waiting until I hit that high marking comedy where I'm like I'm just gonna pay this off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of my thing. Is like, oh, one day uh, one of my projects will get big enough, and then yeah. I can just wipe all this out. But Till then, fuck I know. it. <laughs> I'm working on my first pilot right now, yeah. and um, it's gonna be a long process. <laughs> How do you like it? How do you like writing a pilot? I like it. I like it a lot. Are um, you in a writing class? Did you take a writing class? What's yeah, the so in college, um, one of my requirements were to take a screenwriting class, mm-hmm. and it was it's actually the pilot I wrote for my screenwriting class. I'm just going back in doing edits mm. and maybe changing the storyline because I feel like I have a good character analysis and character development throughout the first pilot but i'm like looking back i'm like man this this plot is trash (laughs) something you wrote in college isn't good who would have thought i know (laughs) i was on shrooms too i was like damn (laughs) damn you you know people are like oh take shrooms (laughs) and get creative i'm like nah you had the third (laughs) eye open and the story was still bad (laughs) no it was horrible i was like good god i know i could come up with better yeah i uh anything that i produced before i was like 25 26 Mm -hmm. i'm like doesn't count doesn't Doesn't count count. (laughs) doesn't count i wasn't i wasn't a real person i didn't have my frontal lobe okay i I didn't know what i was doing i wasn't a part of society at that time exactly i was i always give it the uh you met me before after 27 oh I was nobody before 1227. <laughs> I was like, you are 32 years old. And I was like, okay, I said what I said. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Like, I always, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because of how my like my perspective on life has just changed just by getting older and crossing that 26, 27 threshold. Yeah. Like everyone, they tell you growing up, like your frontal lobe isn't done developing. Like you're not like you're crazy right now. You're going to be wild. And you're like, no, I'm an adult. I can make my decisions. I know what's up. And then you hit that age and you're like, oh, like this is what they were talking about. It wasn't until I got like my first out of college paycheck where I was like, this is what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they mean. I just put did all this work to get this little amount of check. Yeah. I was like, I was getting more money in retail. What the hell? <laughs> it's it's crazy when I meet, like, I'm an engineer at my day job, mm-hmm. and I will meet bartenders who, like, will tell me how much they make in, like, a month, and I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> so I'm a teacher now. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. I'm, like, my friends have good corporate jobs. Fantastic. You have to you have to like give up. You have to sign off an arm and a leg to get into this job. Mm-hmm. And they do absolutely nothing. They're mm-hmm. just moving a mouse all day till it looks yep. like they work. Mm-hmm. And they get paid a lot. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm making $40 a year <laughs> teaching the future of America. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. It's insane, especially with what you have to deal with in terms of like, just like the emotional labor of like guiding kids through conflict and getting them to chill out and focus and all that. It's draining. I'm looking at you, okay? You want to have kids, okay? You better teach them how to fucking act right. (laughs) Because I don't think people realize those teachers you had in in school that you made fun of, now I'm one of them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and let me tell you something. Go fuck yourselves. You kids, the kids are horrible. <laughs> these kids are bad. And I'm just like, man. And the thing is, a lot of these kids are being raised off of millennials. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I thought we were doing better. Yeah. I thought we were doing better with our new generation. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're horrible. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also like there there's something to be said for millennials being a very poor generation where they a lot of us don't have like if I were to have a kid right now, mm-hmm. we could make it work, but I know it'd be we'd be It'd be tough. It'd be ass. Yeah. It would be. The thing is, a lot of us millennials were raised by Gen Xers. Mm-hmm. Gen Xers and boomers are like in the in 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 the cusp. Yeah. Like my dad is a Gen Xer, mm-hmm. but my mom is a boomer. Well, okay. my mom, my mom, and my yeah, my mom's a cougar, and <laughs> and being raised by those two generations made me realize that. Um, Life is meaningless <laughs> if you don't have if you don't have money, okay? Yeah. So they taught me like you always gotta hustle, 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 hustle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have three dollars in my savings account. If I were to have a kid right now, that kid would be eating McDonald's all day, just like I was. Okay, yeah. <laughs> playing Angry Birds on a phone. Okay, just, <laughs> just he's gonna be an iPad kid. Yeah, because I don't. I don't have the accessibility to like, I'm a private school teacher, right? Yeah. And I put, they tell me to put my all into these kids because the parents are quote unquote paying this nice price, right? Yeah. For it. This is the most ghetto school ever. Really? It is. It's horrible conditions, but because it's a private school, your kid's going to have this amazing education. For what? Mm-hmm. Your kids are eating the same fucking chicken nuggets the public school kids are eating. Yeah. And they're getting worse education because I don't know what the fuck I'm teaching half of the time. Mm-hmm. So now 
I'm th- like, it's it's incredible how this alpha it's called alpha generation because it's not Gen, oh, Gen Z alpha. now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alpha is like gonna. It's so scary mm-hmm. because they have all this new technology plus whatever comes out in the future. Yeah, I think. It's some of it's good though. One thing I think we didn't have when we were younger mm-hmm. is an awareness of what's going on in the world presented yeah. to us by like other people rather than through media and television and radio and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when you go on TikTok, I can scroll down my TikTok right now and I can find Ukrainian soldiers like shooting at Russian soldiers. Like I can. Oh, have- our timelines are different. <laughs> <laughs> My timeline is like, get ready with me to go to work. And I'm just like, bitch, what the fuck? Yeah, mine's like, get ready with me to go to war. <laughs> but it's like, when, like, we had like a, a coming of age moment when the internet became more widely accessible, mm. where we got to see into like lives of people from around the world. And I think we're, everyone that's our age is so hyper focused on how fucked up America is. Yeah. Because now we actually get to see what it's like everywhere else, where people are like, commenting on reddit like you guys don't get like healthcare. you guys can't afford housing like what is going on it's, you know? in, it's incredible how like growing up we were kind of blind yeah and now gen z and gen alpha are like we know everything that's going on and yeah i'm just like well that's great for you guys <laughs> that's why gen z is like all nihilists who are they just like are. there's such i mean they're also young right now so it's like whatever it's but, a it's a big group of assholes yeah they are. They're a big group of assholes. But <laughs> I will say this. Um, they're impressive assholes. Mm-hmm. Because one thing Gen Z is going to do, either they're going to evolve us in humanity-wise, like technology and stuff like that, or they're going to run us off a fucking cliff. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. Have you seen these crackheads? <laughs> they're like the most useless, innovative people ever. They are. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is amazing. All the stuff that you guys got going on. But it's also like, you guys are also the people that will spit out like historical facts, left and right, political. They're like, oh, amendment this. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Look at you. You, yeah. you got, you got, <laughs> you got a textbook in your hand. But then they're like, um, who was it? Oh, one of my students um was like, Helen Keller's not real. <laughs> How old are your students? What age range are you in? So I teach eighth grade. Oh, okay. So when I first started Damn. teaching, um, one of my students, uh, I was teaching uh, history. Hmm. And I was like, I want to, I want you guys to learn about historical women in American history. And one of them was Helen Keller. Yeah. It was like a for a week. And he was like, he literally came up to me. He's like, I can't do this assignment because she's not real. <laughs> I was like, what? And he, <laughs> and he was like, she's not real. She's not a real person. And I was like, what? And his excuse was, if she was a real person in the movie, I said, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> You're using a movie as a reference is not cutting it in my room. <laughs> so I was like, go back to Google and find something else. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> I was just like, what are you talking about right now? It was so upsetting. These kids are upsetting. I Sorry, say, we drifted off really bad. It's all good. This, this is a long show. We can just chit-chat about whatever. But I will say, if I was going to be a teacher, I think it would be middle school. Yeah. I had the best time in middle school ever. Like They're fun. Middle school kids are like the most hilarious people in the world. It's like you're, you get to the point, like middle school is like when you're 
old enough to like decide what you're into and find new things and start constructing a personality, but you're not quite old enough to really care what people think of you in a meaningful way, you know? But it's so funny because these kids are eighth graders and obviously they're on TikTok all the time. And they use comedians as a political view sometimes. Yeah, that's 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 not good. The idolization of comedians is like now is crazy bad. Like Matt Rife, who else? It's a, like a, Matt Rife is the first one to come to mind. Where it's like <laughs> you're idolizing who now? <laughs> you're yeah. you're listening to who now? Yeah, right. <laughs> a That's white wild. man. <laughs> How dare you? It's I I've talked about this on the show with lots of people, but like comedy fans who mm-hmm. think that like what like Bill Burr, or Tom Segura, or Joe Rogan, or any of those guys think is like law, as mm. if there's some type of like, as if like making a comedian makes you like extra insightful about shit. I think it's so weird. It's so weird that we idolize people that literally just talk out our, like I could say this because I'm a comedian and we talk out of our ass. Yeah. And you're, you're like jotting down everything we say and taking it with you. Yeah. It's insane. We're here to lighten up your day. Yeah. We're here to make you laugh. We're here to take your stress off of work, off your shoulders. And that's it. Like, I'm not, you think I want to become a, you think I want to become a senator? You think I want to become <laughs> anything for you right now? Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm here it's to make crazy. you laugh. Yeah. I'm here to make your belly jiggle. I'm not here to like change your world world view about anything. When people are like, oh, comedians are the last line of free speech. They tell like it is. I'm like, what the hell are you talking we about? We can't <laughs> even tell it like it is half of the time. <laughs> if I say a joke right now, bet you there's going to be three people that are going to be like, that's insensitive. Or you shouldn't say that. Or you should say it like this. How are we free speech anymore? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 so weird how this generation, this younger generation now is like kind of idolizing comedians and growing up like, yeah, I did. Like I said it in the beginning of the podcast, I was like, you know, I saw George Lopez. I saw the Kings of comedy. I saw Queens of comedy and all this other stuff, but I didn't really idolize them. Yeah. I, Mm -hmm. I was like enjoying them for entertainment. What they're, what they are made for, like what they're doing. Exactly. I don't really idolize them to the point where I'm like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so said this. Matt Rife said this. Or Kevin Hart, you know, was talking about BBOs. I might get a BBO. <laughs> like, no, I don't idolize comedians. And what's going to be crazy is when more of our peers make it to that level. Like, <gasps> I mean, it'd be like any day of the week. I'd be like, oh, you think this person has good takes? What about this thing? <laughs> <laughs> what about this thing they said when we were at open mics? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's remember this one. Okay? You will not believe how they behaved at a comedian birthday. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you will not believe what happened, okay? Yeah, right. It's like, nah. I think like the the only thing to admire and like uh idolize in like big comedians is like purely just work ethic mm-hmm. or like comedy skill. Everything else, they're just yeah. fucking regular people. I don't know. I can't wait till somebody from our class gets a Netflix special and I'm going to be like let me tell you what happened in 2021. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's the most problematic person first. I can't yeah. I have like the most receipts ever. <laughs> I'm just wait. and I saved them with different documentations Whoa. from people. I'm joking. I'm not that person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that person yet. <laughs> yet. 
No, I think it. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Like when uh, Chris D'Elia like oh, had his whole thing. I was yeah. like, in what world did we all see Chris D'Elia on stage and go, "This is a person who is like a sound normal person." And like, it's funny because the way that he died on you. Did you see Netflix? You. He was on there and he died the oh, same yeah. way that he went out. And this was before a scandal, right? Yeah. That's crazy. I was like, nah, they knew. <laughs> they Whoever knew. they knew. <laughs> I mean, it's it, once again, it's like, you know that he was doing whatever he was doing. And there was like hundreds of people around him who knew he would do that shit because that's I mean, how it there's is. There's so many problematic people in our class. Yeah. So many that where I'll look at a flyer, I'm like, why are we still? booking this person oh yeah oh I'm just yeah like, why did you not see what he did yeah They're, and we're still booking him I, it's I, insane i put that or on the her producer. or them i don't yeah. know i'm sorry when i see a flyer like that i put it on the producer i'm like so either like like you don't if you don't know it's fine yeah but like you will know immediately when you talk to this person and you shouldn't like you should you should have a moral line regardless if you lose opportunities in the yeah. future or not. Because here's what I've learned thus far in comedy. Everything you do, regardless of you being new, mm -hmm. is being tracked. Yep. Once you go into the comedy scene. Mm -hmm. So you have to be yourself. Don't be anybody else. Be the genuine person that you are. Uh, watch how you talk to people because you'll never know who you're talking to half of the time. And just know that this business is all network. Everything is network in this business. <laughs> I was like, what is that? What is network? And then I yeah, it clicked. Yeah, it's okay. like you're you're literally like you're 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 if you are a friendly person and you're positive, you're gonna get booked most. Yeah. If you are a person that is kind of like like what's the like sneaky and scheming I, yeah you probably will you will get booked a lot but like you're not gonna be respected yeah there there's like a limit i always say like i remember starting comedy and feeling like ew why is this person like doing this and then other people would see it too and i'd feel so validated and i'd be like oh those people who suck they get to a certain point they never escape other people. So yeah. at every single level, people are like, they suck. We don't like them. Yeah. There, or there's also going to be people that you see that are going to get so many spots and they suck. And it's because they are nice individual. Yeah. <laughs> They're a nice individual or they are people like comedians see that they're trying. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things. Mm -hmm. of like people see you trying, they'll gain a respect for you. Mm -hmm. Like, I get tired when I see people in my class do the same jokes oh. and, and not switch it up. Any yep. like not even like with a new tag or anything like that. Maybe like change the tone in it. Mm -hmm. So if I see you're not trying, I'm like, what are you doing all these spots for? If yeah. you're not changing something in your set. Yeah. Doing like the same 10 minutes for like a year is like, come on, come yeah. on. I tend to switch it up now because I'm working on new material, but I'll still say some jokes I started off with. Mm -hmm. I'll just switch the tone. Mm -hmm. And I'll approach it how the the audience feels because I'm working on it. Yeah. And I feel like if you're a comedian that's not working on it, I think I think we you need to step back from your set and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. 
Because I'm like, dude, you 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 bomb left and right, and you're getting <laughs> booked more than me. Yeah, what's going on there? It happens. It's yeah. networking and stuff. You know, I don't know. I <laughs> I keep I have a few like a lot of my jokes are like kind of have stayed like mostly the same, and they're like big pieces. And Do I you just have change. marriage bits. I got a couple, not mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. I I I kind of was always against the idea of using my partner as kind mm-hmm. of a comedy punching bag. I know, like so. that's why I ask because I always feel like whenever I see a comedian that's married or in a relationship, or even comedians that are in a relationship with each other and they use like their relationship as a punchline, I'm like, this is this is gonna it's gonna be toxic. Yeah, I I got a few that are like pretty. Um, pretty like broad like mm-hmm. i say like um uh, i was doing this as an opener for a while it's like my name is maximum i'm 28 years old i'm married i know child bride i get it i'm dead but it's not a <laughs> it's not a religious thing we just really like each other it's cool and i go i actually manipulated my girlfriend to marrying me all you got to do is get her a ring <laughs> it's, that is hilarious it's stupid it's, it's like true it's just like yeah <laughs> it's just dumb shit like that but it's like um with me and Lee all through our relationship, like we started out like mm-hmm. being like, okay, what, like, how are we going to handle this? Like mm-hmm. if I like, and it would boil down to is when we write a joke about the other person, we run it past them. And usually it's like totally fine. Like, I know when you guys roasted each other at uh, Grove 34, <laughs> that was the best. Thank you. That, that was, was a the, lot of fun. I was like, this is either it's going to be cringy or we're going to learn a lot of tea. Right now. <laughs> Whichever one. Well, it's like people are Lee like, oh, one, my- right? Yeah, she won. Yeah. And it was messed up because uh, the judges misheard her final joke mm-hmm. and still laughed at it, even though her original joke was better. And it was like, I was like, oh, my God. But, <laughs> You're so upset. She's like, oh, she won. And her joke even bombed. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> she. Uh, well, well, people would be like, oh, you guys roasting each other. Hopefully so? you guys don't have a big fight after this, like all this shit. And I'm like, we're literally like so excited to roast each other mm-hmm. and we know it's all in good fun like you think i'm gonna say some fucked up racist shit to my wife on stage yeah, so know. you can laugh at us like that's no in- that's insane <laughs> yeah people think that way but i will say this i was asked lee she asked me to roast her and i was like lee i don't like roasting people <laughs> i don't like roasting people i get the thing is i don't i'm i don't know the difference between roasting and disrespecting people. yeah <laughs> like, i'm just like mm, i don't know i don't want to do that because i am mean yeah and like i also don't want to lose friendships so. yeah that's fair there's sometimes i write a roast joke where i'm like uh i don't know about that it might just be mean <laughs> i don't know who it was that it was a lee also that was like do you want to roast me and i was like mm, i don't know I'll think about it. <laughs> and then there was another oh, they came up to us and they was like, Do you wanna do you want to roast Matthew Aravalo? And I was like, the other producer, Bodega Kids. <laughs> I was like, Do you want me to roast a child? <laughs> Matthew's like 20, 22. I'm oh not gonna God. roast a baby. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm like, he still has life to live. <laughs> I, I do love those though. I love I love a roast between co producers or like podcast hosts or like yeah. couples. Like the when people are I in could close never proximity. Roast Zuby. <laughs> I could never roast Zuby. I feel like you guys when you do lemons, you guys are just roasting each other. We the roast whole time, each other basically. in general. Yeah, yeah, we really do. The the last lemon she cut she told me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, we were in the mid of a podcast recording. <laughs> but it was just like I don't know. I can't really like there's certain people where I'm like 
I'll roast them on a heartbeat. Yeah. In yeah. a heartbeat, I'll roast you because I know where to hit you. Mm-hmm. But that's not a roast. That's just you disrespecting yeah. <laughs> them. So it's like, all right, this is not a roast at all. When you see one of those happen on stage too, you're like, oh, one person, fuck, they hate this person. Yeah. And they are like, they were like making it just funny enough to pass. You know who was the most hysterical roast I've ever saw? Mm. Was Mika Mo and Daniel J. Perro. Paraffin. Oh my God. They both opened. <laughs> Daniel was like, Doesn't this look like people that are fighting in people's court? I was, like, <laughs> I was dying laughing. I was like, Daniel fucking murdered. <laughs> he didn't even roast her. He yeah. was just like, Don't we look like we're in people's court? I was dying. I still think about that. That's I was like, amazing. That was such a good opener. <laughs> but he got the vibe right away. Right away. Yeah, those so, roles are interesting though. Mm-hmm. Gabby Bryan does those, right? Gabby Gordon Bryan. Oh, Gabby Jordan Brown. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, girl. She, I think she hosts the show. Like Dan obviously produces yeah. it, and then Dan Wicks that that boy. That boy can roast. Love Dan. Yeah, Dan's he, a legend. He like. That boy can cook you. <laughs> I love. It. He does the. Did you do his birthday roast this year? No, I didn't. The birthday roast, this is the second year I've done it, and I love it because it's so funny because it's just like Dan is like such a great roaster, and then he doesn't even reply, but people just go up, and they just roast the fuck out of him. Do you know he he's it. having a good time when he does those laughs? Those little jokes? <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's having a good time. Yeah, last year, one of my jokes was, uh, the point of these roasts tonight is not to make hurt Dan's feelings. The point of these roasts is to get Dan to do the parakeet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's so cute. I'm like, Dan... <laughs> He rules. He's the best. People yeah. were roasting him for uh, wearing a bunch of rings. <laughs> this year. Oh, I don't even. I don't even. I don't pay attention to his hands. He wears a lot of rings. He just started. He's got a joke about that. He's like, uh, I just started wearing the rings this year, which means I found out which of my friends are haters. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Roasting, roasting, and comedy is interesting. I think another interesting form of comedy that people don't talk about is the trading spots <laughs> a form of comedy is spot trading <laughs> spot trading i'm like man i want to go on the record and saying this as a producer if i see somebody that isn't getting enough attention i put them on the show mm-hmm. i put them on the show because i see that they one not getting the attention they need they deserve to i'm like this is an unseen talent let's put them up and if they're Mm -hmm. a person of color even better yeah and um more importantly if i see even if they're not like netflix level yet i'm like you're working on your material yeah like you need like i need you on the show because i feel like you are like un like an odd denominator Mm -hmm. because these these are people that you don't see on your regular like lineups right so i try to get that's great yeah i try to get people like that that's Um, a better method than just being the producer who's spot trading or trying to put together clout shows uh, like (laughs) clout shows are interesting because there's a prime example of one where it's like oh we're the most diverse show and it's all males and they're all white and they're comedians that are like 150k following. Yeah, they're like all they all have followings, or they produce sold out shows, yeah. or they have like a credit or something that's like important. It's and it's you can so spot weird. It a mile away. It's so weird because it's like 
I'm like, you always get people that have like this incredible following mm -hmm. or have a credit and they always drop on your show. And then you end up putting your homeboy who's been doing bar shows yeah, on your sold out show. But hey, to each is their own. Damn, the you got a sold out show? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never produced a sold out show. Yeah, I've had a few. I have a few under my belt. Yeah, I I like producing. I like that you take that approach to it. Mm -hmm. I don't really like producing shows, but when I have the ability to book people, it's kind of like I go through my laundry list of friends that I love and I want to give stage time to. And then after and that's that, fantastic. It's not spot trading tech, right? And then after that, I do the same thing. I like to throw people a bone. Like I I still host an open mic at the tiny cupboard, mm. and like when I see people around a lot and I'm like, oh, like they're, they're trying working, and they're, they're working trying, on it. Yeah. Like I'll throw them a spot every once in a while. Yeah. If I could, I would just make a whole career just handing out favors and just giving people opportunities because it feels great. That's to like, what um, Jared does. Jared Waters? Yeah. Nice. He like gives opportunities to anybody. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really do the spot trading. Although, like, I will be like, oh, they have a show. But yeah. then I'm like, all right. This I never ask. I never ask or like state it. I'll, I, yeah, I'll just no. be like, I book whoever. If something. If good they want to slide me one too, go ahead. Yeah. Do it. But <laughs> I don't really like book for like to get on other people's shows. I think it's corny. I ask. Yeah. I'm like, if you ever have a spot open, think of me. But it's not. I'm not going to put you on my show just because you put me on your show. Right. I had someone this 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 thing drives me crazy. This is so dumb. I had someone DM me this week and be like, hey, hey, Maxim, are you a. Are you a show producer? They aren't even following me. Like, dog. First of all, like, when I sent you that, it was in confidence. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're going to go out of your way, if you're about to just cold so ask corny. me for a spot. Yeah. Like, and I've never met you. The least you could do is be following me. And yeah. Like, I can tell you've never looked at my profile yeah. or like look through my like link tree to see what I do. Like, fuck no. You don't even follow yeah. me. Yeah, people that don't follow me, I'm like, I'm not going to give yeah. you anything. I straight up, there's sometimes where I will be friends with someone for like six months and then I realize I'm not following them and it makes me feel so bad. I'm like, that oh happened my to God. me <laughs> recently because another thing is Instagram for me, for some reason, doesn't tell me who's following me. Mm. Like when you refresh it, it just tells me the likes on my reels. And nothing else. Like, it doesn't tell me who just right. followed me or anything. So I actually have to go, like, to that person's page and follow them back. And I met a girl recently. And she was like, we've been talking for, like, a while. You haven't followed me back. And I was like, what? I thought we followed each other. That's how we talk to each other. <laughs> because, you know, if you don't if you don't follow each other, you can't send each other a message. Right. So I'm like, what are you talking about? I follow you. How, we wouldn't be able to, like, she's like, you don't follow me back. And I was like, what are you saying? And I went to her page and it said follow back. I was like, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> it's like, I owe you lunch or something. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't, I, I showed them. I was like, I can't see who yeah. follows me recently or anything like that for some reason. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad. Yeah. I do. It's like, it's weird. I, I didn't expect comedy to like make the like social media like thing so so important when I started. Like when especially it's so toxic too. Yeah. I don't I honestly don't scroll down my Instagram feed. I just watch people's stories because when I scroll down it's just people like here are my tour dates. Look at me on this show. It's yeah. like 
It's a lot. That was weird. You did that just now, Maxim. It's just like the fucking circle jerk shit. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I do that. (laughs) Well, I think it's like okay to post it, but like when you when you scroll down your Instagram feed and all you see is people celebrating their accomplishments and opportunities. Mm you're only getting the highlight reel. Yeah. And that's the truth. And it's like, there's no reason to make yourself feel bad. Like, for, Here's what I yeah. tell people where I'm at right now. I'm really quiet because I do have a stalker. You have a stalker? Yeah. So I don't really post a lot of where I'm going to be at. Mm. I'm really quiet with certain accomplishments because... I want it to be that like a, a surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really quiet, and the goal is to be so quiet that people are like, "Where's Lisa?" And then she, I pop up, and I have like three credits. <laughs> like that's how quiet yeah. I'm, I'm. My goal is to be like not to be like shady to anybody. Like I'm not. It's like I'm not. The reason I'm not posting that I'm on your show is because I'm egotistical, or like mm-hmm. I'm like I don't want nobody to see me that I'm on that show. It's because I have a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a stalker who came to like three of my shows. Ooh. And it was so scary because one of them was just me hosting at the pair. And he went to the pair's website and saw that I was hosting it. Holy shit. And I was like, Ugh. and I had to tell like Chris Ryder was like, can you pretend you're my boyfriend, please? Jesus, dude, that sucks. It was so scary, and I was just like, he went to like three different shows after, like after that. Has he like tried to contact you and shit? Yeah, I blocked him on uh, Instagram. Mm. It's so weird because every day I like, I'll, I'll post a, like a silly story of like a meme, and then I see like three different like blanked um, Instagrams, like Finstas, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what if it's him? <laughs> What if yeah. it's him? I get scared easily. That sucks. You could set your, you could, I mean, it's a double edged sword of setting your account to private. Like, I can't because of what we do. Right. And exactly. also, like, my manager was like, you have to do a website. You, you have, have a manager? To- yeah. <laughs> That's a credit. Stop. <laughs> I don't, I say it very vague. It's not, it's just, Whatever. I'm so curious about that because we have started to get podcasts in the studio where mm-hmm. people are like, my manager told me to start a podcast. And I'm like, you're what? Told you to what? Yeah. <laughs> they can just do that. <laughs> yeah, Because they're managing you. They yeah. want to see you su- su- succeed. So what a manager does is just manage. Manage your, your work, what you do. Like if I were to get booked outside of New York, they manage the travel, the hotel, the mm-hmm. pay. The agent that I don't have is the person that gets me this stuff. So once you get an agent, mm. you don't have no longer. You're no longer asking for anything. Right, because they're hooking it up. They're yeah. pointing you where to go. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some people that have agents and they still ask to be on like these little bar shows mm-hmm. because they're running new material because, I don't know, they probably got late night or something like that. Yeah, so. yeah, that's fair. Interesting. How'd you get a manager? Did you like reach out or did they hit you up or something? It was random. Nice. It was at a random show. He gave me his card and I was like, all right. So I looked. I mean, it's not really like something that I boast about. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think, that's I, fair. I think it's my manager, and I'm like, you think you're like better than cunt. me? Yeah, you think you're better than me. <laughs> I hate that. The I guy like, who spends every weekend in this basement, you think you're I'm better? Than me? <laughs> I know. I just I don't like. Uh, it's a weird flex. Yeah, 
I think because people, especially at kind of like because ideally, I yeah, but like he doesn't get any ten percent or anything yet yeah, because yeah. I'm not that famous, right? So yeah. right now he's just a, a figment of my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's the tooth are you fairy. Real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker over there ain't real. <laughs> but that's a yeah. He's not. He's he was right now is only managing like outside stuff, and I don't really get booked on outside stuff. Mm. like that yet yeah that's fair i mean he'll like book me on a corporate gig every now and then corporate gigs are great yeah that's good but that's like once every six seven months do you want to be a like a road comedian you want to tour or what's your vibe (sighs) my vibe is my tribe um shout out to alex caravano (laughs) (laughs) um my vibe shout out to v spot and oh my god that's that's my favorite stage Really? That is my favorite stage to perform. The under St. Mar- the Mark's comedy. They never club? booked me. But that is my favorite stage to book on to get booked on. Where I'm like, where's the show? And they're like, St. Mark's. I'm like, yes. I don't know. <laughs> I love going into that room. I just feel like so at home there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, shout out to V Spots. Well, shout St. Out, Mark's. Shout out to the Carabanos. Me and Danny kind of hit it off. So yeah. He's a sweet guy. Yeah. Danny's really sweet. Macy's really sweet too. Macy's great. Um was i manager oh what do you want to do with your life i mean i don't your comedy career. <laughs> you know, well, like are you trying to are you trying to be like a road dog you're trying to just be a booked club comic or are you kind of just undecided more open to stuff with so this is how i kind of view the scene after being years in the scene is divided into two you got your club mm-hmm. comics you got your brooklyn comics right mm-hmm Brooklyn Comics are always going to get those writing gigs mm-hmm. because managers and agents where do they live in Brooklyn, mm. where do they travel to? Union Hall, Bell House, what else? Little Field. Yeah, those are the big ones. Those are the big ones. So you can work all these Brooklyn shows until you land in Union Hall or Little Field or anything like that, and you get repped right away. Mm-hmm. And you get your writing gig, you get your uh, um, late night gig, and then you get put into the clubs mm. once after that. Yeah, yeah. Me, I'm kind of sporadic where I'm like in the clubs and I'm in Brooklyn at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm working two fields. And well, both are like like training me very well because I'm working with when you're in the club, you ideally deal with a lot of tourists. Yeah. When you're in Brooklyn, you're dealing with a lot of that alternative scene. Locals. So you're you're dealing with a broad spectrum Mm -hmm. and you get your materials to be so broad that you could take it on the road Mm -hmm. you could take it to do this for me i just want to get paid to be pretty (laughs) 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 um no i i would love to be um the triple threat writer Mm. producer comedian yeah and for me it's like Comedy has different outlets. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, you don't have to be a club comic to get into the industry. You don't have to be a Brooklyn comic to be in the industry. Mm -hmm. You can literally be an Instagram comedian and get booked on all all of them. Yep. You can be just one who does... You're going to chop your dick off and eat it on stage (laughs) because you're an Instagram comedian. Mm -hmm. But there's many different paths with comedy. Yeah. So, for me, I just want to be a comedian that, you know... Like the people I idolize, quote unquote, like um, Gina Brion. I love her. She's my mentor. Um, 
I like watching Chanel Ali all the time. She's dope. She's dope. Really She's fire. Funny. Watching her grow. And um, who else? Um, Yamanika. I love seeing her. Right now, Michelle, um, what, Survivor of the Thickest? I don't know. She has a new, I forgot her, her last name. Please mm-hmm. forgive me. But Michelle, the Survivor of the Thickest on Netflix. The way that she works, I like how she works too. Nicole, uh, Nicole Byers? Nicole Byers. She's mm-hmm. dope too. A lot of bigger women, basically, that I, I've like been watching. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm taking notes because, you know, the scene... Although it's divided into two, it's still very Holly- Hollywoodized. Yeah. Where you have to have a certain look to be a certain type of comedian, mm-hmm. which is cool, I guess, but it's still Hollywood. They're still going to put up a, a skinny girl before they put up a big girl. Yeah. So I kind of see those women. I'm like, that's how I'm going to be. I'm going to, mm. I'm not going to give a fuck. I'm going to go on stage, be confident. And that's the goal in the mind right now because I want to be, I do want to be a writer. I do want to be a producer. Um, I want to direct. I want to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But right now, I just need to get my feet wet. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I like that. Long story short, I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. I think there's like, there's so many ways to go about it. I'm like almost in like, I almost don't know where I want to go. And mm-hmm. it's just like, all I'm doing is just focusing on like getting better. And yeah. Just that's all you have to do. Hopefully having this studio become a... <laughs> yeah, just focus on getting better. I mean, I can't really tell you if, like, I can't really tell you how to do it because I'm still doing it. I'm not asking you. Yeah, okay. Take it easy. <laughs> but, like, just saying, like, any any new comics that, again, a lot of new comics now asking me how to get into the scene. And I'm just like, man, just go so, to mics. Yeah. <laughs> like, work your way in. Um, it's also, like, one thing that's interesting that I've experienced, I'm sure you've experienced this, is, like, the class thing, like you mentioned earlier. Like you don't you don't realize when you're starting out, you see all these comics, you're like, Oh, I wanna be like in that like group. Yeah. But you don't realize the people who are next to you is the group you're gonna end up in. Yeah. And then when you guys and graduate, the people that you start with are not always gonna be the people that you end with. Yeah. Remember that. Because there's a lot of people that I started with that I'm not ending with right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's no tea, no shade, no pink lemonade to anybody. It is what it is. When you start off, you're not going to... The person that's next to you is probably not going to be the one that's going to be at the end with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he said, like you do see comics in a higher class where you're like, damn, I'm going to be just like them and that group and have fun. And you look around, you're like, well, this is what I... This is what... This is what's in my class. <laughs> and you should be grateful for it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you never know. You never mm-hmm. know who's around you. You never yeah. know who's going to blow up out of nowhere. Um, Hans Kim is a prime example of mm-hmm. that. Like Hans Kim, we were doing. <laughs> we were doing we my. We've never seen that one coming. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I saw him the other day on on uh, TikTok. I was like, is that Hans Kim's? And then I go to his page. He has over 150 fo- uh, followers. Yeah, like a, a hundred and fifty k following, and I was like, Jesus! And I, I didn't realize that he was doing uh, what's Kill that? Tony. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know he was doing that. I don't even know what Kill Tony is. That's how I know I'm like, <laughs> I'm not doing anything well. That's good. Don't worry about it. It's not great. It's not great. And they just, they just have uh, it's like an Austin comedy thing. Uh, so like Tony Hinchcliffe and a couple other people, they have people come up and do one minute sets, uh-huh. and then they just roast them. So it's just like oh, I could never. It's Anyways, like because yeah, so. you start roasting me, I'm a roast bag. Yeah, there. Was I know a, I saw Ali Sadiq on there recently, mm, and I love him. Um, 
Yeah, like Hans Kim. It was there's a there's a vegan burger place, Fat Boys Vegan Burgers in Crown Heights. Very good. Oh. The owner loves like he's a comedy fan, uh-huh. and the you know like the fold out sandwich boards in front of shops. Uh-huh. He like writes comedy quotes there, like so like he's a little changed up every couple Aww, days. That's it's cute. He had like a Josh Johnson quote, like people that like are on their way up, but not like mega famous. I was like, oh, this dude like is like a fan. One day I walked by, Hans Kim. it's a Hans Kim quote, <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Yo, that's that's the one that what? nobody expected. Yeah. I was like, you see, you never know. That's why if you are producing a comedy show and you're new, which is usually the way that you go sometimes, I know sometimes you reach up for your talent where you go up higher class, but please remember, reach to your sides because you never know who's going to be there by your side and remember that. Yeah. I'm I'm in the... I, I see everybody. Like, be nice to everybody and be genuine. Like, don't burn a bridge unless you have to. And like on top of that. No, don't be nice to everybody. Fuck. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm I not also, nice. I'm, also... I'm kind of dubbed as a, a mean comic, That's which is crazy. weird. Because, You're really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, 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 um, somebody told me this. people think you're mean because you have a stank face. And I was just like, I just look like this. <laughs> But yeah, I also encourage like reaching down for talent once in a while. Yeah, because I think like people when people are like newer and you give them a spot where in that phase that they're, you know, people get in that phase where they're like they get booked like once every three months. Yeah. If you're one of those people who gives them a spot because you're a producer and for the most part, it doesn't matter unless it's a high stakes show. Yeah. Like people remember that stuff, you know, of course, you always have to be. You have to play the part of networking Mm -hmm. and being nice is part of that because you don't get anything with lemons yeah you have to be honey you have to be sweet Mm -hmm. and um while like i'll take myself as an example yes i have a stank face but i know how to conduct myself. I know when to be nice. A lot of people will say that I'm mean, and it is true. I am mean, and I'm okay with it. (laughs) It's because I'm from New York. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I'm not mean in a way that is like mean. Mm -hmm. It's like, why'd you do that joke? Why didn't you do it this way? Or like, why didn't you, like, it's because I'm caring, okay? I'm a caring Mm. mean, okay? And it's, it's, it's frustrating. It is. And you'll you'll see like certain people leave your side once you start going up because yeah. of jealousy. That's another thing. Please leave that at the door because jealousy will eat you up. Mm-hmm. It will eat you up. It will put you in places you don't want to be put. Absolutely. Yeah. So. It's hard, but it's like when you when you start out, there's kind of a mindset of like there's like one way through it, and then yeah. Oh, as you go, as you spend more time in comedy, you're like, there's a million ways through it, and mm-hmm. people pop off at different random times. So just if someone gets something, yeah, like also be happy watch, for them. watch what you say sometimes because mm-hmm. I've gotten into predicaments where I've I'm like kind of like, how do I say it? Let's say that me and you we've known each other for a while, mm-hmm. and I see you pop off, and I'm like, oh look at him popping off, that's cool, you know, we we used to do mics. People will take that and be like, she's out here saying you should do mics with each other and like, you ain't <laughs> shit. And I'm like, I didn't say any yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, if you're giving somebody their flowers, give them the flowers. Don't 
do like oh don't do a backhanded compliment mm-hmm. where like oh i i love it when people somebody one time told me that i gave them i gave another person a backhanded compliment and i was just like what so the backhanded was like oh she only got this because she's pretty and i was just like i never said that i said mm-hmm. she's pretty and she got it <laughs> like i didn't put <laughs> i didn't put two and two together yeah, yeah yeah so it was just so weird that people said that and i was just like all right think what you want think what you want at yeah. this rate some people want to catch you with your foot in your mouth you it's know? so weird yeah so always watch what you say give people their flowers when they need to be given flowers mm-hmm. give yourself flowers I feel like I've gone to a point where like, like, right. I was having a conversation prior to this with um, JJ Matisse. I don't want to put all my tea out there for you guys, but (laughs) I was really, I'm, I told her, I was like, Hey man, I think I need a break. Cause I feel like I'm doing so much and not getting nothing out of it. Mm -hmm. She's like, what are you talking about right now? That you're not getting nothing out of it. She was like, you are Lisa Lennis, okay? You've been featured how many times on New York New York Times? Time out? You're on what podcast? You're doing this? You're doing that? You're doing... You've got a New York Times credit? Yeah. Damn. I got a lot of different credits. I don't... I don't... I don't say my credits. That's the thing. <laughs> she was like, if you were... If you were to put every credit you've gotten in the span of three years mm-hmm. and say you've got nothing... Then I'll be like, okay. Yeah. So I wrote down each credit that I had and I was like, damn, I do got a you lot. You did of do a lot. I did do a lot. What was your New York Times credit? So um, I'm gonna tell you mine and it's so dumb. Um, <laughs> so I got featured for being a comedian and Ooh. they asked me what is it like to be from Ooh. New York. Nice, like oh, you got like an article. Yeah. Nice, dude. But I was a part with other like New Yorkers. Mm. So I, I, but I was like a comedian New Yorker. That's sick though. Me and another comedian, I forgot his name. Oh, that's but a good one. That one, and then New York Times was for my shows. I was in a photo okay. for an article about the resurgence of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and you you take that credit. That's your credit. Dude, my dad got the newspaper. I'm like... <laughs> oh, mine didn't even up. make it on the newspaper. Damn. <laughs> mine was digital. I had coworkers like, come up to me and be like, yo, Mr. New York Times. <laughs> so I, I was know. like, this is so dumb. Yeah. I'm not even quoted in the article. I'm just in the picture. Yeah, so the the quote was, New York is a nationality. Mm. And I always I always held on to that. And That's a good one. My I like screenshotted it and I keep it in my phone and I remember I wrote that article but I um yeah I was having this conversation where it's like I I think I need a break because I feel like I'm doing so much and not getting nothing out of it and she was like you need to start giving yourself flowers yeah you need to start giving yourself more credit you need to be more kinder to yourself because in this business not everybody's going to do that for you yeah not everybody's going to give you your flowers a lot of people are going to give you flowers but they're going to be rotten Mm mm-hmm and it's 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 just a part of the scene. That's mm-hmm. just how it is. A lot of people are going to, you know, remember you for the spirit that you are. Mm-hmm. So I'm just learning right now that to be kind to people, um, be kind to myself, mm-hmm. and just have fun and be confident on stage. And that's it. Yeah. Like, the whole respect if you want to be respected is in there too but it's like very vague because people won't respect you off rip (laughs) yeah (laughs) i've had comics that are under my class be like hmm 
who are you? And I was like, you know who the fuck exactly I am. Yeah. Don't come over <laughs> here with that. I saw this the other day. A comic was hosting another show in another comic who was uh, under her class. She was hosting the show and she was like, what's your, what do you want me to say before going up? And she was like, and she just walked away and she was like, say whatever. And I was like, turn around and look at her. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've never had to talk to a comedian like a teacher. I was like, turn around and talk to her. Yeah. Don't walk away and be like, just say whatever. Yo, turn around. I don't yeah. care how much clout you're getting right now. In two weeks, you probably won't even know who you are. Dude, I had an in- I had an incident in my first year of comedy where I went to an open mic mm-hmm. and I went to the host and introduced myself. I went to shake his hand like, oh, hey, I'm Maxim. Like, can I sign up or whatever? And he shook my hand. He didn't even look me in the eye. He just kind of like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, what a cunt. All right. All right. Yeah. I hate you forever now. <laughs> <laughs> and some you have to take a lot of those things with a grain of salt. Yeah. Because they are not happy with themselves. Yeah. They're not happy with themselves. They're not happy where they are in comedy mm-hmm. because they're hosting a mic. Yeah. This uh I don't know, but I, I like the give yourself flowers thing. That's yeah. a tough thing to do. Like I'm coming out of like a stand up like slump that was like a month and a half where I just was like everything I do is terrible, all my jokes suck type vibe, you know. I literally just got out of it. It's two weeks in. Yeah, it's. I was literally at home for two weeks because I needed that break. Yeah, I I booked myself out for that break. I was like, I need to flip my apartment around. I need to do this. I need to be in solitude for a while. Yeah, because I I just I need that. It's it's it and it's it gets easier over time because you recognize just part of the cycle. But that doesn't make the downs like that much easier. Like. I get all bummed out and I'm like the kind of what am I doing this for you know like even with podcasting like I I release like two to three podcasts per week that I make depending on like different shows and stuff. I still have to work on my podcast with Zuby that we haven't released. We have how many episodes (laughs) now because we're so backed up with shit that we're doing with our personal lives. Yeah. So you have to make time for yourself. Yeah. And like with this like sometimes I'm like oh why am I doing this like listenership is kind of it comes and goes and then just randomly last week when i was on vacation i hit my all-time weekly listenership record and broke yeah. my last one by like a lot and i was like okay like i'm fine like every like we're working on shit like you the get in your head and, like will get you yeah if you look at those numbers it will get you mm-hmm. there's a, another 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 gem post whatever you want and that's it yeah don't look at the views don't look at the comments Post whatever you want because you never know which which real which TikTok will shoot up out of yeah. nowhere. Because if you keep those analytics and and you're talking to someone who has a social media degree, like those analytics will eat you alive if you keep looking at them. Yeah, especially the YouTube analytics. YouTube is so. Mean. I don't even look at that. I just post my uh, mm-hmm. what do they call like their TikToks, whatever the yeah. the. The, oh the shorts the shorts i just post them and that's it oh a lot of people are chewing my ass up they're like look at this fat bitch and i don't really look at that the people on youtube shorts are so fucking mean in the comments because they're old men <laughs> I, I don't think they're old men i think they're like 14 year old kids um who are well, just like haters on the internet you they're, know they're whatever they don't know how to beat off yet but like <laughs> it's just so weird yeah. It's so weird how you get into these slumps and once you're out of them, you're like, I'm actually pretty funny. It's like, <laughs> I feel like for like thousands of years of human history, like every religion has some element that's like, 
don't feel bad, be grateful. Like that's yeah. like a key thing for all of them. And then you get deeper into comedy and you feel like, should I have done more at this time? Blah, blah, blah. Am I good? All this shit. And then you, when you do line up all the things that you have done mm -hmm. and like, you're like, Oh, I have all these great friends. Like I'm way better as a comic. Like I've improved. Like I've done all these things. It's like, Oh no, like I'm fine. It's just, yeah. And uh, don't compare yourself. Yeah. The comparison is the brutal. comparisons will eat you alive as well. Yep. Because a lot of people are, I always say this. I'm like, you have who? headlining why oh because they have 2.2 million followers on tiktok and such and such on instagram so they've been doing comedy for a while oh they've only been doing it for one year mm -hmm. so i'm confused what's going on here and it's like these people yeah they're getting booked but they're not getting respect yep like these instagram comedians will eat a dick and you will come in there with your what three thousand followers and like rip that room apart, yeah. And you will let them know that 3, this 000. is three thousand. Three thousand is pretty good. I don't have a lot. I have like three thousand. <laughs> because you don't post. Because you got a stalker. <laughs> I do post. I post reels now. Nice. I feel like reels is the only way to go. Reels is. We have discovered that Reels is the friendliest algorithm. Yeah. So Reels and then TikTok and then YouTube Shorts. Like Reels will, I like randomly on like Saturdays and Sundays, a Reel that I posted from from an episode like five or six months ago will just rake in like 300, 500 more likes. That's why I said just post yeah. and not worry about it. Exactly. Like uh, there's a post right now that I did a month ago that has 25K now. Nice. And like all my other ones, they're at 3,000 now. They're going up little by little because that one's bringing revenue mm -hmm. up. Like I said, just post and let it go. Post and let it go. That's it. And where was I? Oh, TikTok comedians are interesting yeah. to me because they're funny because they are just talking to their phone. They're in a controlled environment that, that they could yeah. just edit delete yeah edit delete i've seen a tiktok comedian chop their dick off and eat it on stage off the simplest of five minute set mm -hmm. and then i go into that room and know off rip what's wrong with the room yeah because i have that experience yeah and although like i do like to lead with a lot of crowd work i have i have a good 30 minute of material that I know where I could pick and pull from. The crowd Just, work is the best though. It's it the is. most fun. It's the it most is. fun. <laughs> I did a crowd work uh set in New York recently and it was just I was like this is what's going to get Yeah. my reels going up. And bitch, when I tell you, oh sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and when I tell you, it was I was like, damn. I was roasting the shit out of this crowd and they were loving it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I was like, this is how Matt Reif and Nate Jackson feel at the end of every set? This shit is amazing. Dude, when I have like a set that's like 90% crowd work and it crushes, I have like the best night ever after that. That's Yeah, because you're like, I'm literally getting paid just to talk to people. And it's like, yeah, you're it's you're being organic. And like, there's people who like shit on crowd work. Like all they do, all all crowd work comedians do is someone tells them something, and they're like, your name is Melissa, and just for but and it's then like there goes the, <laughs> there goes the clip. Yeah, it's like I think there's a lot more to it. People 
the average comedy consumer does not realize how long it takes most people to even touch crowd work doing comedy and okay. how scary it is, especially when you're not getting when you start off, you're not getting booked a lot because you're like, do I want to gamble this set trying to learn something? You can't learn crowd work at an open mic. You can't. So you have to do it at shows. But if you do it at a show for the first time and you bomb when you're not getting booked a lot, you're going to be stressing out about it for a long time. That's why I think it's good to have your own show starting. Yes, off because you can use that show as an anchor for future shows when we had uh, me and david dobbins had you on our show two virgins yeah i love that show which was like a terrible bar show it was mixed attendance but like that's where we learned crowd work because it was like this is like shitty and there's like eight people in this room, but it's a tight room. So like we, we're going to make it work. And I think talk I people. sat down. You sat down next to these college you, girls. And I was like, where are you? You had like a doing? great set because all you you literally like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going to talk to you guys. And you sat on the couch and, and I like just leaned next did to crowd them. work. It was, it was cute. Great. Yeah, they were they were they were like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, have those shows where you can work out that crowd work like uh, anxieties. Yeah, because a lot what it is, people are like, oh, what if I what if I say something and it's not funny it was like start off with the basics yeah is this love oh it is how long how'd you guys meet what was your opener oh wow so confident like you you'll find it you'll find a wave you'll find a wave to where you i don't tend to be that basic person like is this love no i usually go why do you look like that (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) i always go for like i always go for like the people that I always go for the second row. Mm-hmm. Second row is Because the first row knows they're bit they want it. They want it. That's why they're sitting front row. I go to the second row. I'm like, you look scary as fuck. What's your vibe? <laughs> and it's like, I, because I've gained that confidence yeah. in me to talk to people however I want on stage. Because I know, yeah. I know how, like, if I fuck up, I know what to bring it back up with. Yeah. Like, oh, oh okay. You guys didn't like that? That's fine. No worries. I have this. On. Oh, <laughs> it's that one. <laughs> You're used to your show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was like, oh, you know, like I if I fuck up on one thing, I'm like, oh, don't worry. Like I got something in the bag. Like, yeah, don't worry. Like I'm, I'm gonna pick it back up. Relax. Yeah, I remember when I started doing crowd work, I would overthink it. I would be like, I need. It is. It's the, it's the angst. Yeah, yeah, it's like I, I don't have to do this now. But a lot of my crowd work for a while was like do crowd work about a joke that's like coming up like, oh, I'm going to do my joke about what happened on Valentine's Day. So I'm going to talk to couples about shit and then I'm gonna lean uh, in. Yeah. And that's kind of like an easy escape route. Now let's go to the open waters. I'll just be like, where do you work? What's your job? What's your deal? You got a problem with me? Like last night was my first set after my break and I opened up with what did I open up with? Oh, I was like, maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's CoverGirl. Maybe it's the lithium that hasn't hit me yet. But why is it raining all the time? <laughs> and I and I think because they saw that it wasn't straightforward crowd work where mm-hmm. people like, there's some comics that be like, oh, how's everybody doing tonight? You look good. You look good. You look good. Oh, what are you? What is this? Is this love? Yeah, yeah. They don't go straight. I'm I'm literally like, why is it raining so much? Yeah. Is it depression? Am I depressed? <laughs> like I'll just like go in on it and then I'll I'll see somebody that catches eyes with yeah. me. And I'm like, what did you do today? Yeah. What did you do today that made you proud? How about that? I think it's important with the crowd work. This is something I realize is like you when you get up on stage, 
you need like 10 seconds, 20 seconds where you are not talking to them and do like a little bit of like, so it's on your mind, do a quick joke or something. Yeah. Because when they get an idea of who you are through that, they feel safer talking to you and you can do that. You can identify yeah. the people. I know. I I feel like just hit them. I mean, I'm, I do it. And I'm not saying you do it if you're not there yet. I usually hit them with whatever's on my mind. I like to, uh, sometimes if people are like new, like couples, like are they like early in dating, I like to ask them what their red flags are. <laughs> oh, my favorite is... <laughs> If they were in the room, what would you say right now about them? Ooh. <laughs> I was like, oh, so this is four months. Look at me. Look at me. Don't lose eye contact. If they weren't here, what would you say? And then put them on that, the spot. I always put them on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is, uh, I, I just, I, lo I like her. I like her a lot. It's like, do you love her? <laughs> do you love her? And then I just go in on the relationship. It's like, oh, I won't ruin you guys just yet. Yeah. I won't ruin you guys just yet. Don't worry about it. <laughs> There's one where um, Lee hosted a show a while back and she, she found these two and uh, they were like clearly like there was something going on. But you know when they, the people haven't defined the relationship mm -hmm. and then Lee was like pushing him. So like, so are you boyfriend and girlfriend? <laughs> like, And like when you do that, you push and then you pull back. Yeah. Then every comedian is like, well, have you guys figured it out yet? Like, My uh, go to is uh, how long have you guys been seeing each other publicly? Publicly. That's good. <laughs> that's the good one. There's like, oh, four months. So that means it's been a year privately so is this gonna become a relationship mm. and then usually they'll usually be like oh no it was only like four months prior i was like oh okay so this is fresh mm -hmm. or i i got one last i was like yeah it was it was privately for a year i was like i'd be knowing i'd be knowing <laughs> and like i always like just hit them like it's just like the dating aspect for me it's normal like i i've been yeah. in and out of relationships so you could pull from that yeah where you could pull like things from your experience and relate it to other people because they'd be like oh yeah like yeah. that's happened to me too but it's the ones that are like people that are outside of the town mm. where like i've had people like from Uzbekistan, Uzbekistan, Uzbekistan. sorry excuse me but like where I'm like, I don't know anything about this. You know anything? So I like to look up countries in my free time and research them so I have facts to pull from. So that's what I did. Because I, I was hearing my set and I was like, damn, I didn't do anything with the Uzbekistan. I'd be like, damn, you're from Uzbekistan? What's it like to live in a city where there's people on the street? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, we live in a big, weird, empty city. Or like <laughs> even like facts from other countries that i seen on TikTok. And I was like, so is it true? Like in the Netherlands that they... Uh, keep the babies outside yeah. and let them freeze to death how is that how's that going over there <laughs> and it's just like cute little antics like that where it's like you mm. get the crowd going because they think that you know something yeah i don't think people realize that when you're a comedian you have to read yeah that is your biggest key there knowing reading 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 knowing, knowing shit about places or like jobs or occupations and yeah. stuff about people like the more you know the stronger uh, like network of information you can pull from like one of my highlights as an audience member was some comedian was Nigerian and he just pointed me in the crowd. He's like, I bet you don't even know where Nigeria is. And I was like, I know where Nigeria is. And I told him exactly where it was. And everyone in the audience was like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, don't don't come at me like that. <laughs> I feel like people don't realize comedians while we're there to entertain you and make you laugh. We are well, well, well read because mm -hmm. we have to be real well read. I had one. Uh, I did some crowd work with um 
there's a girl at a show and someone asked her like she was their friends and they were like oh what do you guys you guys live here visiting and they're like we're on a college trip we go to this school and someone asked their majors and one of the girls said she was like um she was a chemical engineer and i'm an electrical engineer and so i just did crowd work with her i was like i bet you are having the like i was like you guys don't realize how much of a soldier this woman is because like chemical engineering i'm like let me guess your program is 50 people and 40 like seven of them like all, they're all dudes except for like you and maybe one other and most of the dudes can't even make eye contact or speak to you because they're too nervous <laughs> and she was like yeah and i was yeah. like yep i i, I was the one with, yeah. i, I would have been like that's the one with the periodic table ah, <laughs> i know stuff <laughs> damn that's See, i, I should lean into that done, i would have i would have done some goofy shit like that <laughs> <laughs> i would have done goofy shit like that but like even little bits like that where it's like it just relaxes the person. Yeah. Because they, they feel seen. Or... They feel seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time there was um, I was doing a show at the Fantastic Broadway Comedy Club and um, and we all know the audiences there are all like tourists. Yeah. Yeah. There was a girl there from Texas. Younger girl. She was like had to be 14, 15, but she had autism. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the comics they didn't know what was going on because they just felt like she was heckling. Mm. And I was just like, no, she's she's autistic. But she has like the the highest functioning of Asperger's. And the host was like, how do you know? And I was like, watch. So I go on stage and I go, breathe in and blow out the candles. And she was like, what? I was like, breathe in and blow out the candles. So she did it. She was like, how'd you know? And I was like, she has autism. And now every comic that's been on stage <laughs> is a dick. And I just... <laughs> and it's because the, there's... there When certain... Like, when people with Asperger's are out of their comfort zone, mm. their only way is verbally saying how they feel. So mm. it's looked like dickish ways. Mm. Like, Assad has... Assad, um, I forgot his last name, but he's a newer comedian who's on Wall and Out, and he has Asperger's. And like, even when he's like approaching me, I'm like, it's okay to look at me in my eyes. <laughs> it's okay, like I because that's the teacher in me. Yeah, I deal yeah, with yeah. I deal with special needs kids now, mm-hmm. so I know certain things. Um, it's just certain things that I made the girl felt seen that yeah. made the crowd love me. Yeah, which, which instead is, of like roasting the heckler and making it tense, you're and like, I'm just like a lot of these comics didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So now you can go tell them to eat a dick, <laughs> and you're like, I'm not gonna tell these comics. Cause I'm gonna go up there and get it right. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna be the smart one. Yeah, I haven't been booked since. So <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been booked because you didn't bring five people. Oh, and oh. we'll wrap it up there. Uh, we're actually around uh, our time, so let me ask you the final question. Of course. What do you love about stand-up comedy? Nothing. All right, I'm that's joking. it, guys. <laughs> um, the ability to be vulnerable on stage. Mm. I've gained that recently. So, yeah. Nice. Did you, do I have to elaborate? Or you no, want me that's to do fine. My, uh, just you can elaborate bit. if you want. Um, When you're first starting off, you think that, you know, you have to have a specific five minutes that mm. will... You know, you have to know off rip, which you do. And it will be like 
the worst jokes ever because you have to keep doing them and keep doing them and keep doing them. But once you get to the point where you can go on stage and be like, I'm having a horrible day. I know you guys are too because mm -hmm. we live in New York. Yeah. And then once you can start relating to the audience, once you can start um, being your genuine self on stage, then that material will start, you'll start to like it. Mm -hmm. you'll start to you start to enjoy it. you start to enjoy that material start maybe even work it new put it in a new prefix putting it a uh, new tagline something like that once you start being vulnerable on stage once you start being gain that confidence on stage that's when you'll start loving comedy mm -hmm. that's when you're like oh, i can't wait to go do this bar show because i can run this new set or like you can't wait to do this club show and murder which you probably won't, but <laughs> you know, just being yeah. vulnerable and confident on stage. That's what oh, I yeah. love so far. Sick. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on. This Thank has been awesome. Thank you for having me. I had fun. Where can the uh, people find you? You can find me at uh, on all platforms under at dam underscore Lisa. That's D-A-M-M-N underscore L-I-S-S-A. Awesome. Guys, go follow Lisa. Go keep your eye out for Lemons, her podcast. Yes, Lemons podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whenever that drops, they're working on it. It's very great. They have a lot of fun on the show. They talk about all their toxic traits. Um, yes. And uh, go to Bodega Kids Comedy. Yes. Go check that Every out. Every first Monday at New York Comedy Club. Awesome. And guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.